Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Hey, Borch community, and welcome to episode 70 of the 167 Podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church, as always, with my good friend, our media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hello, Joshua. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? (laughs) It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, April 12th of Holy Week 2022. We we are glad that you guys are with us for these devisodes, as we're calling them. They are devotional episodes, so devisodes, new word. Hashtag, let's make it Heard trend. it here first. You heard it here first and last, because it won't go any further. You than don't this. know that. You never know, never know. So we are sharing with you some devotions of just what we see from Scripture that Jesus was doing the last few days leading up to um, Good Friday. I mentioned this uh, in the previous episode. I'll say it again. Uh, I'll, I'll mention several scriptures that I encourage you to, if you're driving, don't do it, but uh, to write down and look up later and do a little deeper dive. Um, maybe do it with a fam- do this with your family devotion or other people or by yourself. But um, I definitely encourage you to go and look deeper into the scriptures a little bit later on. So we're going to jump right in. Okay, Josh? Let's dive on All in. All right. So uh, yesterday in the devisode, uh, we saw that Jesus was cleansing the temple. Yep, which flipping is, tables. Yeah, right. So next time that you and Kara are like, hey, let's clean the house, you'll be like, oh, all right. Yeah, stuff. just start flipping tables. and So cleansing the temple was a very nice way of saying that Jesus came in. And he was cleansing it. I mean, he mm-hmm. was making it pure. But he came in and was like flipping tables and telling people to get out. He did this because... Um, more so than anyone else, he, he understood the importance of coming to his father um, with a heart of worship and prayer. And all those people that had set up a market outside of the temple were basically making it difficult for people to come to worship. And it was a distraction to mm-hmm. come to worship. This is a complete side note. Uh-huh. But, you know, I thought about this after we recorded yesterday's episode. What's that? That, you know... Flipping a table like we have right now. No big deal. No big deal. They didn't make these kind of they tables back then. They didn't make these tables back then. Those were probably pretty heavy I mean, tables. I mean, you know, he was a carpenter. He, I'm sure he was strong. I, 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 bet you he, I, I bet you he was kind of impressive. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm thinking like if he went and did it, it was like it didn't move. He'd be like, all right, I need some, someone to help me. But no, he, he was totally able to do it. Yeah. So... You know, he, he, Jesus so passionately believed that um, coming to worship should be done without distraction. And so he just chased people out of the building and flipped those tables. And, and this is a side of Jesus that we don't often see, and it's not, the, not one that we really talk about a whole lot. But it, re- but it is a crucial part of his character all the same. Because he is zealous for his Father's glory, and he deeply desires for people to be in his presence and so he wanted to get rid of those distractions mm-hmm. i mean there's a huge message there for us today you asked the question yesterday josh of how do we take this and apply it to 2022 and i think that that is definitely something we go wow this is how um emotional i mean jesus was fully god and fully man so emotionally yes he responded to what he saw as an unholy act Mm-hmm. And um, and we see his passion in that. And I think for 2022, we go, wow, 
This is how much Jesus thought about the distraction to worship and the importance of it. Um, and so I, I don't want to be a hindrance. I don't want to be a hindrance to myself or to other people. I don't want to do anything or say anything that causes like, you know, even in my day to day routine that, that, that is a hindrance to that. And so I just saw the passion that he had in him, which I think is something for us to take note of, you know, I agree. So, um, so here we are in the Tuesday of Holy Week, and and while things are already obviously they're already getting a little intense because Jesus is like flipping tables and sending people out of the temple. I mean, think about it. these are people who were making money. This was like their job, mm-hmm. and he's running them off. So how many people like so? Okay, the religious people were like they were kind of mad because they got called out for not dealing with it before, and they were probably getting a cut. Uh, yeah, probably. And then you've got people who now are going well. My whole job was, I mean, everything I sold was about temple stuff. And now you're telling me I can't, I mean, so it wasn't not necessarily like, you know, super popular decision, but it was, it was right. Mm -hmm. But so in the midst of everything that is going on, Jesus, what we find, even though everything's intense, the story is certainly far from over. And we find Jesus taking time to instruct and to teach people the truth of the gospel. Um, And so that's something to learn. I mean, if this is a devotion, that means there, there's things in here we want to learn and take and glean from this. So in this episode, um, that's something, a profound lesson that we can learn from is that even when things are crazy busy, we can still take the time to um, instruct and teach, but also then to receive to receive and learn, um, depending whether kind of what situation you're in. Are you the teacher? Are you the student? Are you the learner? Are you the one giving the information, you know, right. um, and, and that should change. I mean, like we shouldn't always be in just one situation. Mm-hmm. Like we shouldn't always be the one giving out info. We need to receive it as well. Yeah, correct. <clears throat> so, um, even during chaos and crisis, Jesus still wants people to come to him and listen to him. He wants to speak to them. He wants to speak, um, truth to them. He wants to speak to what might be confusing to them. Uh, for him to correct any misconceptions they might have. And he's always got something to say. And he says it with authority. And that was another thing that really ticked off the religious leaders, that he spoke with such authority. And not like in a in a like a, a rude way. I, I would not even think, according to reading scriptures, it doesn't ever say that Jesus yelled. It just yeah. says that Jesus spoke, or Jesus said, or Jesus replied. Mm-hmm. And so he wasn't like being rude. He wasn't raising his voice. But what he said was with authority. Mm. And he often referred to his father. Yeah. Which gave him all the authority. Mm-hmm. But and then yeah. it made people go, well, who? but who's your father? Are you talking? Certainly, you're not talking about like Yahweh. Certainly, you're talking about God. Yeah. Which is exactly who he's talking There's about. There's a lot of like, who do you think you are yeah, kind of thing that's going on. Very true. Very true. Um, so this is going on, and, and Jesus is in in chaos and crisis. He he still wants to teach people and talk to people, and he does so with authority. And while it may not be what we want to hear or what the people at that time wanted to hear, um, it's what was needed to be heard. So, um, in Matthew chapter 21, in Mark chapter 11, and in Luke chapter 20, we see the same telling of a story where all the various religious leaders, and so that could be, um, sometimes referred, they could be scribes, so people who are writing down, you know, priests, elders, Pharisees, Sadducees, 
they gather to hear they are gathering to hear what Jesus has to say because he is speaking with authority. Do we know their heart? Were they gathering to learn? Were they gathering to um, build a case against him? We don't know. A um, little bit of both, you know. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. So, but, and here's why they gather. Because for three years up to this point, three years, Jesus had been proclaiming a, a new way of living, a new way of, of going about faith and saying that actually a new kingdom was going to come. And in many ways, his message contradicted and like like how he kind of uh, got onto the people in the temple he undermines the power of the religious leaders he does it again because he's saying okay yeah this is the kingdom now but there is a new kingdom coming that mm-hmm. that the kingdom of god is going to be here and and so you have people of course who are questioning well who's this whose authority is he speaking under who is he speaking for so if, if you would you you kind of picture a crowd of, of like kind of self-righteous, you know, stuck up, you know, religious people, you know, and all decked out in their fancy garb. And, and like, they're sitting like back on the edge. Like they're, they're definitely not front row listening to Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if they had phones, they'd be texting each other. Like, can you believe what this guy just said? You know, like tweeting, they Facebook would be totally, posting. yeah. So, um, and so are they there to genuinely, genuinely listen? Mm. There's probably some in there. I would hope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they want to trip them up. I mean, well, they, yeah. they want to they want to get the info. Okay, so here's the thing in this devisode, Joshua. Okay. Uh, do I come to Jesus with that same posture sometimes? Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we all do. We all do. It's like, hey, this is what I think. So let me let me find Jesus' way to back it up, or you know, or you know, we just come with this posture of I've already got it figured out. I just need your blessing. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of a mindset. Um, talking about leadership or being uh, in leadership, like uh, we want to be the one that's right. Maybe it's in an argument or just a conversation with someone, but we want to be correct. And, you know, we, we want Jesus's message to align. If we're a believer, we want Jesus's message to align with our own way of, of thinking and living and believing. And thankfully, Josh, Jesus has much more for us than that. Mm-hmm. Jesus is not who he is. He's not Messiah to, um, he, he didn't come to be, to, to be Messiah to, um, offer a, um, to fit our a, needs. a five-star review for what we believe mm-hmm. to, for him to be like, yeah, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. like that's, that's not how that works. No, it's the exact opposite. Yes. He wants to change our mm-hmm. way of thinking. We need to realign to yes. his, yes, like his mold. Yeah, the hope is, like yesterday's episode, that there was a merchant that walked away going, yeah, you know what, my livelihood just got changed, and I don't know what we're going to do, but that man, there's something about him, mm-hmm. and um, I need to I need to change. Yeah. And you hope, like in this instance, that, okay, there's some religious leaders there, and whether they're a scribe or an elder or a Pharisee or a Sadducee or whatever they might be, that one of them's going, you know what, I came here because I wanted to find out, I wanted this guy to be fake, and I wanted to trip him up, and I wanted to find an excuse to not like him or whatever, speak badly about him. Mm-hmm. But he's speaking with such authority, and he knows God's word, and there's something about him that's so different mm-hmm. that even though it doesn't make sense, I'm going to change. Yeah. And, and that's that's the work of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? 
I mean, that, that's it right there. And so um, what Jesus does, and um, he, he does this often, he shares with his audience. So he's come to teach. He wants, his, he wants people to know more. And he shares with the audience uh, several parables and lessons that, that, um, that, we, that he talks about that week especially. And while these can, sometimes they seem disjointed, like it's kind of like, why is he talking about this? Where's this story coming from? They all are pointing to the same truth that we, just like those religious leaders, just like them, we are often uh, tempted to misunderstand who Jesus really is. Right. Um, and so what you find in these stories that Jesus tells are there's wicked tenants, you know, that they're not doing the job. There's ungrateful wedding guests. Um, and these kind of lessons about, about the resurrection about, and, and the great commandments and, and even these stories that bring condemnation of the Pharisees, of the religious leaders, Jesus is trying to teach something true about himself. And he does this even though he knows the crowd is going to react with anger and frustration in some degree. This happens a lot. And I, and I think about how often, how often do we not speak truth because we know how the response is going to be from the other person. Hmm. You know, a lot. And, at, and I don't at least for mean, me. I'm, yeah, totally for me too. And I just think like, wow, if, if we were to follow the example of Jesus, that there's a, now there's a way to speak truth and there's a way to speak. Again, I'll go back to, we don't see where Jesus yelled or, you know, any of that kind of stuff, but it, he spoke with authority, but it was the father's authority. Right. Um, and so he, he shared this in a way. And so everything that Jesus taught in the temple, which now is cleansed, by the way, right? Um, it somehow, it often pointed out the, that the religious leaders, it kind of called them out. Um, and it most definitely corrected people's thinking. You know, the whole like, well, uh, you know, the story of the Good Samaritan. Well, who who is my neighbor? Well, okay, fine. You really want to know who your neighbor is? You know, it's like... It corrected the way people were thinking about one another, about mm-hmm. God, about mm-hmm. their purpose, everything. And so his message that he told in stories and parables, it was always powerful. It was always bold. In Matthew chapter 21, in verse 38, Jesus, um, he, he's, the, he, he's the true heir uh, that the unfaithful tenants were rejecting, right? And he, and those unfaithful tenants were like the religious elite. They were the ones that had been, that were there to help kind of take care of things until Jesus came mm-hmm. and they hadn't been doing their job. Nope. You know, uh, in Matthew 22 verse five, the religious leaders in their pride, they, they're the wedding guests that ignored the King's invitation and, and ended up killing his messengers. I mean, these are the stories that Jesus was telling. And so you can you imagine being someone there going, why are they telling this story about this wedding and, and all this? So this is why I tell you guys to go and read all this stuff. Okay. Yeah. In Mark chapter 12, contrary to the religious leaders desire, Jesus, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to overthrow Caesar, which is exactly what the Jewish people would have loved. Yeah. Is get these Romans out of here. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, nah, instead, pay your taxes. Give to Caesar what's Caesar. You know. Which is, I bet you kind of blew people's <laughs> minds because he's talking about a new way to live. Yeah. But he's like, but respect the authority that's over you. Yeah. Yep. We're, yeah. It's counterintuitive. I'm, I'm, I'm here to, to change. So I'm here to change so many things. Mm-hmm. But the authority that my father's placed over you, you need to honor. Yes. Yeah. 
It's counterintuitive it's, to everything. Uh, yeah. And it's so, like, it goes against everything that the religious leaders at the time were kind of building towards because not only were they religious leaders, they were also political leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't really, you couldn't really distinguish between the two. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's like they either hated Jesus because he was calling them out, or they were like, well, we'll put up with him long enough to get rid of the Romans, and then we'll deal with him. But now he's, but now he's <laughs> saying, don't. Yeah, exactly. You, so he kind of. My father put the Romans in charge. Uh-huh. You pay the taxes. Yep. yep. Um, so w- what are some other things he said in Luke chapter 20? Um, he talked about the resurrection from the dead, which was a big deal. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. Um, and so that was a, a big, like, you know, red flag for them. So how was that whole Lazarus thing right. handled? Yeah, exactly. Like who, that, he was just asleep or taking a nap he was or in something. A coma. Yeah. So, but, but he, Jesus talks about it and was like, no, resurrection from the dead is both very real. And of course, it was very confounding to those who did not believe in it. Cause mm-hmm. what do you do? Like you said, what do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah. In Matthew 23, Jesus brings these warnings and a condemnation towards hypocritical scribes and Pharisees. He, he points out that they were simply, they're just trying to be righteous. They're just trying to look righteous. And they did not really even understand their wickedness. And they didn't care about or have love for other people. And so, I mean, that is just, there's no mincing words with that. It was just what it was. Um, and all of these lessons are hard to hear. They should definitely have been hard to hear for a Pharisee, but they're hard to hear for us. And in fact, there were people just like today, then, that heard the message and left the temple, and they wanted Jesus dead. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying today people want Jesus dead because he's not here and all that, but like it was like, I don't care. I just don't care about you. And people let, walked away from the temple like plotting his death. Yeah, well, a 2022 person would walk out of a room with Jesus being dead to them. Dead to them. Mm. So... And, and it's real easy for us um, to, you know, be like, I'm team Jesus here. I'm team Jesus in his condemnation of the religious elite. Um, we need to look at our own hearts. Because are we the religious elite? <laughs> That's right, because Jesus is not just speaking to the scribes and elders here. He's not. Um, he's speaking to you and me. He, he wants us to remember how often we forget who he truly is. Um, we get Jesus wrong. A lot. Um, our sin, no different than the sin of the Pharisees and Sadducees, also demands um, justice. And so it's like, oh, I need Jesus to take this from me. Um, we forget about the power of the resurrection. And we, at times, fail to love other people. And and we ignore those who are in need. You know, what is the... What is the gospel? It's you know, it's to take care of the widow and the orphan. I mean, that mm. that's the that's what religion is. That's what true religion is, according to scripture. Yep. Um and thankfully, 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 because of Jesus, we still have hope. I mean, think about it. He had every every power and authority un, under him. He could have come in there and like laser eyeballed them or something and like brought them all down. He could have called down fire from heaven. He could have called for the earth to open up and swallow everyone there every time he was around people that didn't deserve him. Right. But then what are you left with? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, his purpose for coming was to point out the fact that we needed him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we still have hope. He is the son of God. He is the savior of the world. 
And he continually taught and taught that the, the truth so that we might come to faith in him. Which means, which is why we're doing these, these devisodes that lead us up to Good Friday. We only call it good because Sunday's the coming. other side is, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And he died so we might live. Yeah. And he rose again to promise to, to give us a future. And he is that perfect heir. He is the perfect wedding groom. He is the perfect sacrifice. And, and while the religious leaders of his age sought to, to put Jesus to death, we have this option to go, oh, I'm going to follow in footsteps. I'm going to follow. I'm going to, I want to be more like Christ. I don't want to be putting myself in the place of, of right, of self-righteousness um, or trick myself into believing that I am being holy apart from Jesus and not having love for others and care for others, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, in this season, in this, in these, this season of, uh, Lent, as we're building up to Easter, um, go and read the teachings of Jesus and remember who he is. That way, when, when Good Friday comes, um, we fully embrace what what comes next. Yes. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more later this week. So anything we want to throw in? Uh, tonight uh, is a, a special opportunity, as uh, many of you are aware. We're in this discerning stage of what are we doing as the church and where are we going. And we have someone coming in from the Congregational Methodist Church who is going to be sharing tonight at 5.30 in the auditorium um, just to share about their congregation. And, and really, we're just listening yep. and listening and praying. And so tonight, um, April 12th, 5.30 in the auditorium, you can come and be a part of that. And, and tomorrow, tomorrow night, night is really, I mean, I love it. I love information, but tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. In the auditorium. That's right. Wednesday, April 13th, 6 o'clock in the auditorium, we're having our midweek Holy Week service a time of prayer and contemplation and singing and it's just gonna be a really good time in the middle of the week to pause and remember all that all that this means yeah that it means to us so porch community thanks for being with us josh anything else you want to um, add in before I, we i need close to I, real quick if you could do it in like a minute minute and a half yes could you explain what a pharisee and a sadducee is um well, they're both religious leaders. They mm. are of different sects, S-E-C-T-S. That's hard to say yeah. and a thing to, yeah. to be recorded. Um, and I don't really, I would have to do more study to know. I know that the Sadducees did not believe in resurrection at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there were things that, that kind of um, separated them, but I don't know in detail what those are. Um, but they were both religious leaders, and they both had a problem with Jesus. So I, that's not a very good one. I don't know. Um, haven't done like any kind of deep study on on that. But um, yeah, does that is that helpful at all? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna sit here and, and look and see. Um, I would say that um, the Pharisees were more out in in public. They were more, they would they would be more of your understanding of like a priest or a pastor today. Like people knew them. Gotcha. Um, I think they had more like one on one or you know FaceTime with people. Yeah. Where the Sadducees were much more um, temple focused. I mean, their role was just to be in the temple. You'd almost be like the 
almost like the Levites who were just like, we just work in the temple and our job is to be here in the temple and to make sure the sacrifices happen and everything happens. And that's our job. Gotcha. Um, and so they would almost be considered if you had to rank them, um, Sadducees of, would tell you by and large. I mean, they're like, oh, we're so much better than the Pharisees. Yeah, but so, the Pharisees would. Well, the, I think the Pharisees kind of knew that that was kind of the deal that they weren't. But, but even so, um, they both of them were like, oh, this Jesus guy, he's mm. he's really gonna mess up our gig. So, gotcha. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, I think that's kind of the difference. Yeah, if that helps. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well. Um, all right. Well, we get. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow on Spy Wednesday. Is, yeah, I do not have that in my notes. You'll you'll have to bring something for that. So like a James Bond. I, quote? I, I guess I don't know. Hey, thanks Porch Community for hanging with I, us. It's the only name I actually care about. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow. See you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the One Sixty Seven Podcast. Join us next time more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.